Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you so much for listening to this. You're checking out another glorious episode of the greatest podcast on, well, not really the interwebs, but certainly one of the better ones in the Kenai Peninsula specifically, uh, the Woken Bake Podcast. And today I had the opportunity to sit down with someone I've known for a long time and I've kind of wanted to sit down and talk to for a long time. And I finally did that. It is Jake Thompson. Jake Thompson has a long resume on the Kenai Peninsula. If you do not know who he is, just ask about him uh, or reach out to him on Facebook and you can see all the things he's accomplished. He's a pretty interesting guy. And we had the opportunity to sit down and talk about some of the things that are going on uh, with the school board, his experiences running for office, uh, what his thoughts are for people who are currently running for office, especially the first timers, uh, people like uh, Pamela Parker, uh, shout out to Everything Bagels, uh, folks like Jesse Bjorkman, and uh, and the other, like a long list of first time candidates. And I'm going to do my best to have some of them on the podcast and we can talk to them and kind of get a feel for them and, and see who they are as, as people. I don't care how crazy they are, by the way. The crazier your ideas are as a candidate, the more I want to hear about them because it opens up a lot of conversations. And I like to think I have a pretty open mind. And with that being said, I want to hear the craziest shit you got and uh, and then go from there. As long as you're able to have a discussion about it, I am absolutely more than excited to sit down and talk to you. And I don't know why people say they're more than so-and-so or I couldn't be more so-and-so. Well, clearly you are because you are more so-and-so than you previously were, and that's why you're at this state. You could probably be more excited because, uh, like, when you say I couldn't be more upset, yes, you could. If you'd have stubbed your toe on top of whatever shit you're going through, it could be worse because you could be doing it with a stubbed toe. So think about that. At least your, sto- your, your toe's not stubbed. And if you do have a stubbed toe, um, I'm very sorry to hear that. All right. So uh, let's go back to our guest today, Jake. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff up to and including some of the Epstein stuff, which I would wanted to kind of talk about for a while. Uh, we talked about the Katy Perry stuff. If you're not familiar with the Katy Perry stuff, you should listen to the podcast and find out what's going on in Katy Perry's life and how it applies to you on a grander scale. All right. That being said, solid shout out to our sponsors, 5150 Vapes in Soldotna. They are the Vape Super Center on the peninsula. If you are of age to vape, and you are looking for vape products, they are your place to go. They've also got a really cool little concentrate section where they sell shattered batter. Now, if you are of age to go into 5150 Vapes and buy their products, uh, and those are products that you're into, by all means, get them. You're a grown-up. You figure it out on your own, all right? Also, Iron Asylum, located on KB Road. I probably spend more time there than I spend just about any other place uh, short of my house. Um, I spend my time there because uh, it's a good place for therapy. I'll get on the treadmill and I'll work on my breathing and I'll listen to podcasts or books and just get some information rolling in my head. And then I'll, I'll lift some weights and work on some physical strength stuff. And then I'll demolish it by getting it a, a couple slices of pizza later. But, you know, fuck it. I'm a grown up and I'm figuring it out on my own. Maybe I'll cut out the pizza and uh, just go straight to a protein shake and let that be that. But, you know, I'll get there when I get there, as we all do, because we're not born at the destination we're supposed to be uh, at. We just get there eventually. That's what I'm learning. Anyway, enough about my mindless drivel. Um, The uh, newest sponsor of the podcast, 
Red Run Cannabis Company. They've got all kinds of cool products in there to include elation oil from Lady Grey Medibles. Now, if you're not familiar with elation oil, it's a it's a love lubricant. It's a romance lubricant made with THC. So if you are above age, uh, you are of the age to consume recreational cannabis. What better way to recreate than with THC lubricant? And where can you get THC lubricant? I'll tell you. You can get it at Red Run Cannabis Company, the same place uh, that makes the hashade that that so many of you seem to be so fond of. By the way, I'm a big fan of hashade. I like that you can do anything with it that you would do with lemonade you can go on to some goofy ass uh home cooking guide website and find 50 cool things that you can do with lemonade and you can do those things you can play martha stewart with your hashade get busy with it all right and that is available at red run cannabis company now at the end of the podcast um you will hear the warning that I am required to give uh, if we're going to be discussing cannabis products. And so you will be getting a sweet ass warning. Now, I don't think that I actually have to give you the warning, but I just want to do some CYA so that I'm covered. And that being said, this is what I would consider by all measurements CYA. At the end of it, you get a cool warning about uh, what can happen with the devil's lettuce. All right. My guest today, again, Jake Thompson. Jake, you are uh, always welcome to come on and talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about because you have an interesting perspective and I would like to hear more of it. Now, we talk about in the podcast also uh, doing some movie reviews. If you would like to participate in those, uh, send me an email at wokenbakepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we, can, we can figure out a way to do it. I mean, this is the beautiful age of the internet. Like, we can, uh, we can figure something, figure out how to watch this same movie and give a review we can definitely do that wherever you are in the world we can certainly do that Um, but let me know what you want to watch and i am absolutely down to watch it providing that i don't know not really providing anything you make the recommendation if it sounds interesting it will certainly get my time and we'll go from there and we'll sit down and we'll all watch it and figure some shit out all right Thank you very much to my guest, Jake Thompson, for stopping in. Uh, no more Trap Lord Circuit. However, I do have a newfound appreciation for the hard work that Wade and Trap Lord Circuit put into making this something vaguely listenable. And I appreciate you for continuing to listen. Thank you so much. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. I am joined today by the illustrious, the handsome, the charming, and the always... Uh, Doug. Jake, Doug. 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 Fucking Doug. Grab a chair. Oh, you're recording. Yeah, we are absolutely. Re- Doug, come. Grab a chair. Grab a, grab a chair. Sit down. Get comfy. Grab a stool. Get comfy. Ladies and gentlemen, the unexpected guest today in the studio, uh, local fighter, um, Doug, Doug McFresh. Is it still McFresh? You're going by, as a fighter, Doug McFresh, correct? Right. Okay. Good. So we're joined by Doug. All right. Um, so, Jacob, uh, how are you doing today? Oh, living the dream. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of spaced on uh, on what we were going to talk about, um, but with some of the things that we that, that are open for discussion, like we we've t- discussed offline, were um, what's going on uh, with the school board, what's going on with the potential strike, and, and your thoughts on that, because you're you're much better informed. My understanding is you're from here, correct? Uh, yeah, I was born here in uh, Soldatna, 1980. 
uh, the same hospital both my kids have been born at. I, you know, in my 20s, I spent some time outside. I lived in Seattle, but uh, ultimately, like everyone does, they ruin their life in the big city and they have to come home. <laughs> Okay, so so you came home, um, and and we're here now. Like the the, te- the teachers are looking at going on strike because uh, of what they're looking at. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's a tough one because I mean I I think ultimately it's what they they'll have to do to get what they want, but it really you know it hurts the kids' education. Um, it builds a lot of distrust between the community and their teachers. Um, not to mention just, and this is why a strike works so well here, the hassle of being a parent who's now going to have to deal with that strike going on. Um, I, I understand uh, where where a lot of people sit on this. The, the cost of, the, the health costs have gone up for, for everyone. Uh, ridiculously, and there's a lot of things to that that people can point at. But one of the things that I don't understand is why um, I, why healthcare costs so much up here. Um, I, I don't have a, a, like a working history or, or working knowledge of like how the hospital works here. I understand that um, we have a hospital and it costs a lot of money to operate. But why do you think the health co- healthcare costs are so much here? Um, you know, I think a lot of it is. It's always kind of because of the free a free market issue. Um, I believe we sort of like right now. If you our hospital, there was years back, and this is one of the things I ran on uh, when I ran for borough assembly. Was years back, Kenai was building the surgery center. Um, all they needed in order to uh, basically get, uh, I believe, to be able to take like. Uh, what is it? Is it Tricare? What's the, like the military? It's Tricare. Tricare and Medicare uh, patients in order to be able to build that. I believe they had to get like a certificate of need from the hospital, which would be an arrangement where, okay, if you have an emergency, you call 911, we send an ambulance, it comes to the hospital, these are the papers we need. Like real, it's real run of the mill standard stuff. Uh, but our publicly owned hospital um, would refuse to do it because they didn't want the competition. You know, they ran that completely like a business. And I think if we have government entities, because that's what our, our hospital is, um, that can allow uh, private businesses to operate in one way or another, uh, I think we, you know, that's where you're going to see an increase in price. Okay. Um, so do you think that a strike would work? For the teachers? I do. Yeah. You know, I, I think... Uh, Right now, Alaska's kind of in the in the mood to give in on a lot of stuff, and I think that trickles down to our local government. So I, I think it, I think a strike works. I think it works fairly quickly. Okay, hopefully, like if, if it comes to that, it comes to that very quickly. Um, now I, I we can go back to that later. Uh, I'll let you check out uh, um, uh, an email that uh, that I got. It came from the uh, the teachers uh, union, mm-hmm. and it had to do with. Uh, like that, like a lawyer hiring a lawyer from Anchorage to come down and and make these arguments, and something about the board, uh, the the school board not being willing to come to to meet with anyone unless they have their their high cl- their high budget lawyer uh, from Anchorage who's there. So it's it, there's a lot of funkiness. People are upset, uh, rightfully. So I mean, I honestly, like I said, the uh, having having a couple kids and you know not knowing like what their routine's going to be uh, for and who knows how long. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit terrifying. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So also coming up, um, elections. Yeah. Local elections. Local elections. Local elections. Um, city. We've got the, the interesting one that I've seen. Um, I believe it is Soldatna. It might be Kenai. I should probably be paying more attention if I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> um, but but uh, Pamela Parker, the bagel lady, is, uh, is, is running for office. Um, and I, I spoke to Mayor Pierce about that. I don't know if you caught uh, any of that, but like, no, 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 no. Um, you ran for office. What is something that you would tell someone who's running for office for the first time? Um, you know, uh, knock on a lot of doors. I think the as much one-on-one contact I could get with people was really kind of what encouraged um, the people that did vote for me to vote for me. And also, I think, and this was kind of the the hard part for me is. Keep an open mind. Like, don't let ego get in the way. Uh, sometimes people out there have really good ideas that are worth discussing that I think people shoot down a little too quickly just because, no, that doesn't go with my current, you know, Republican belief or my current Democratic belief or what my team's doing right now. Yeah. You know, and, and there's some stuff where, I, you know, as a libertarian, I was adamantly against, but I think looking back on it would have been, you know, that was me working in an ideal society in my head, not with what we actually have right now. And uh, as open-minded as I thought I was, I was unwilling to compromise on a couple things that <clears throat> I think I should have. Uh, looking back, do you think, uh, like, what do you think some of those issues were that are, I mean, that, that maybe your mind has changed on or, or maybe you've been, op- uh, you're more open to than you were? Oh, uh, one would be, uh, well, actually, the, uh, the education funding um, my opponent ran on fund it to the max and I ran on, well, hold on, let's look at it. Let's see if we're getting the best bang for our buck here. You know, I want to be fiscally responsible with it. I wasn't saying let's, you know, let's go try to shortchange anybody or anything like that, but just be like, let's look at where this money's going. And I think we could have done the same thing, funding it to the max as, you know, instead of me saying, it's like, hold on, I'm not going to commit to that until, you know, until after I see it. I mean, I'm a big firm believer in efficiency. The quickest way that you can get something done correctly, and and uh, that's maybe the way that you should go. Uh, and I think that uh, I think that our education system as a whole needs a needs like a, a guy like Tim Ferriss to like come in and, and figure out some of the better ways uh, that we could we could be utilizing uh, our time because I mean we're all investors in this, right? Like uh, we're all like. We're paying for a product that we are getting back, right? Um, and I mean, there's a whole there's a whole other conversation to be had about like being a parent and and raising your kids and and what that means. Um, but as far as the way that we are treating education, I think that there's probably a way more efficient way to do it uh, than the way that we are we are currently doing it. I mean, we've seen studies that boys and girls uh, learn different. Um, kids are really being taught in in one kind of uniform way that doesn't match everybody. And we have study after study that says like the, there are different ways to teach people, and people learn all kinds of different ways. Um, but we're stuck teaching them like the same things that we were taught um, that probably were useless and we're, have, we haven't used in our lives because some people are going to use some things and some people aren't going to use something. So we're, we're arming people with tools they're not going to use uh, in a society that, that doesn't use them. I think what, uh, <clears throat> to me, it seems like education, um, or the, I should say the school and the way the, the schools are designed, is it seems like it's kind of geared to make everyone average. 
Um, you know, know a little bit of everything, but don't specialize in what you specialize. Let's not point you in, you know, that direction. Let's keep everyone in this little bubble. And uh, also, I, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of areas that we, uh, we miss out on and we kind of, you know, it, it seems like it's not, the focus isn't on education. It's, the focus seems to be on making good little nine to five workers, you know. Um, the it, yeah it's 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 fascinating to me like when you look at sort of the educational st standards or just the achievements of like some of the kids overseas and i don't know if we're looking at their top 1% or if it's a, a good average but it seems like they're teaching them so much more so much more quickly than we're doing here yeah they're they learn a lot of life skills like i remember um like i grew up in germany and so in school, we went, uh, they, they'd bust us over to a German school to teach us how to ride our bike safely, uh, because that was a system that the Germans had already built into their schools because American kids weren't learning about those things, uh, those sorts of things. There's almost, um, yeah, there's almost an attachment in, like you said, making nine to five workers, not, uh, complete people. Um, we, we aren't teaching people to, uh, the things that they, uh, that they learn to, uh, yeah, we're just making workers. We're making employees for somebody else with a school system that in, in large parts, that public school system was funded, uh, to create those nine to five workers by those sort of oligarchs who were running industry at the time. And, but we're still married to that idea of, of like, that's the only way we can teach people. And yeah. Well, you know, change is scary. Um, at least now, when we send our kids to school, I guess we know what we're going to get. Yeah. You know, we know what to expect. And that's why I think, you know, as a parent, you start looking beyond, like, high school and start thinking, well, you know, what college is, how much is college going to be, what are those, what careers are going to withstand the test of time and, and uh, allow you to make enough that would, would justify a student loan. And I'm like, but look at the trade schools. Or, you know, look at these individual trades, like, uh, you know, uh, my dad, who was a mechanic, used to always tell me, it's like, you know, oh, you don't want to do this when you grow up. You don't want to have to be doing this. You want a good job. And, you know, years later, figuring out how much my dad made. And I was like, dang, that was a good job. I had a free teacher right there, and I, I missed the opportunity. But uh, even my dad, what he used to say, it's like, you know, I wouldn't be a car mechanic. I'd be a plumber. Yeah. You know, you look at how many specialized tools I need for jobs that I may or may not do. You know, that's, that's tens of thousands of dollars. And you look at what a plumber needs. He's got his pipe and just his little, little bucket of tools and maybe a torch. And he can do everything. Yeah, it's a, hey, you like a, like a snake. You just really need a snake, a wrench, and a couple of pipes. And you're like, and you, and when people call you, they're calling you in the middle of the night and, uh, and they're overcharging the shit out of you. And you know what? They have every right to because this is America. If you're calling a plumber that you need at two o'clock in the morning and he's coming, he he's getting to charge you whatever he wants. He gets to make up a magic number um, because you're the one that broke your toilet at 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, versus like nobody's calling an accountant no. at two o'clock in the morning. Like, hey, man, I really need my taxes done. Um, but if you are calling an accountant at two o'clock in the morning, he really gets to charge you whatever he wants to charge you until the rest of time. Yes. Yeah. So 
I mean, I guess it is what it is, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that we don't do enough of the pushing the trade schools. Uh, I think that you're going to account the robots are going to come for accountants before they come for welders. Um, you know, and, and so like I'm in school for welding right now. Um, you know, and, and I, I can say that with confidence. Like, I don't think the nanobot welders are going to be uh, coming for my job anytime soon because uh, those the, the accountants, the inventory specialists, your payroll specialists, those are the jobs that are, are going to be uh, and, and are being replaced by calculators. Well, yeah, I mean, just think of how many of those jobs used to be individual jobs that now all fall on, say, one person and some sort of software that they use to be able to do all those different things. Yeah. Um, what a time, what a time to be alive. So if you're listening to this kids and you're thinking like, maybe I want to work on motorcycles for the rest of my life. Rich dudes are always going to pay for people to work on their motorcycles. It's okay to learn how to, to, to fix a motorcycle. Um, and, and from what I've seen, people are always breaking their motorcycles. So, well, yeah, why? Because you know, if you're building something, why would you build it to be infallible? Um, <coughs> you know, like I, why? Um, I mean, I'm sure Cadillac. Like Chris Rock had a joke, like uh, you know, Cadillac could build a, a car uh, where the engine lasts for 20 years, but they're not going to um, because it's it's much easier, like it, to bring you in every. Every three thousand miles to change the oil when you could do it every five to six, you know, like it's just much easier to set those standards that are like really arbitrary. You know, and um, <clears throat> that's kind of another thing that I've seen sort of shift in the mindset of people is so many because you just mentioned the auto industry. So many people I know are in that mindset that I always have to have a car payment. If I don't have a car payment, I must not be upgrading my car soon enough. I, yeah, I have a, I have my 2007 Highlander, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. It's all paid for. Yeah. It's great. It's, and, um, and every time I think about like getting a new car and, and, you know, a car payment, I think, fuck, like that's a, that's a child support payment. Like yeah. that's like a four or five or $600 car payment. That's, that's child support. And I don't want to make another person, um, <laughs> Like, like I like the people that live in my house just fine. I don't want another person in there that I'm going to resent because I can't get, you know, like now I can't get, uh, you know, like whatever, whatever. I don't need a new car. Like my, my 07 Highlander is paid off. If anything, I should probably put a better stereo in it, but I'll own it. Um, but but it's it's not just the car payment. It's it's the the complete uh, keeping up with uh, with you know the, the Joneses. It's like yeah. um, I got to get an eighty five inch TV. That TV costs thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, and that that again that's um, that that's a child support payment for a much shorter period of time mm-hmm. uh, than your car. Um, but if you're regularly upgrading your shit, you're getting that, that you're paying that 20 year, uh, 18 year child support. Um, it's, it's a, it's a really fucking, uh, fucked up time that we live in because we are married. A lot of people are married to these ideas that they need to have the newest, freshest shit. And, and it's weird when you're raising kids and you're, you're trying to tell them that, um, you know, nothing like none of this matters. Like none of this matters. You, a $500 belt doesn't matter if your pants stay up. Um, you know, like, and especially this is where we live. Um, and people aren't living for, aren't necessarily living for where they live. 
that they're living their products of their environment and they live their lives as such too many people. Uh, and they are, they have become products like they're, I don't know. Man. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, it's, it's something I, I do find fascinating. And I, and I kind of like having children and seeing that moment where they really, really want something. And I, I try to, I try to kind of talk it out with them in that moment. It's like, okay, we'll get this. We can get this. But, but before we get it, so, you, so you're not worried about whether or not you're going to have it or not have it. I'm just saying you can get it. But before we get it, I want to know, well, why do you want it? And they'll be like, well, it's cool. It's like, well, what, what makes it cool? It's like, Everyone, everyone has one. No one has this one, or you know, something like that. A little individuality, a little, to, you know, to have something that other kids want. Um, uh, and I'll be like, well, you know, I, over here you have some toys that you know I know you love. You play with all the time. You can always add more to, and you can get a lot more of those for the same price as this other one. Um, and I'm, I'm just thinking. Oh, uh, you know, what about tomorrow? You still, is it still going to be cool? Is it going to be cool in a week? Is it still going to be cool in two weeks? Is this something you're going to get some longevity out? Or there's these other ones. And, you know, ultimately at the end of that, uh, they make their decision. And uh, either way, it's a good decision just because they've thought it out. And that's, uh, I, I think a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people go, like you said, it's keeping up with the Joneses. It's like, oh, man, I've got to have a big house. You know, yeah. got to have got to have two car garage, got to, you know, <laughs> got to get a good job because I got all these payments. Yeah, absolutely. Like you are you now you are a slave. Uh, what is it they say? What is it they said in Fight Club? Uh, uh, eventually you become a slave to, uh, to the things you own, yeah. uh, the things you own, own you. And and yeah, you you've got your car payment. You've got your house payment. You've got your payment for this. You're you're it, it's a cycle of debt. Right. Mm-hmm. And it applies to every aspect of your life. Um, and, and then we fuck around on Sunday and we're all, we know this, like, but we still fuck around on Sunday and we still get our shitty sugary drinks. Um, because, uh, I don't know. We all have, we, we all know what we're doing wrong. It's just a matter of like, for me, it's, it's a matter of like trying to keep doing it. But again, like we all fall off. Um, and I think there are a lot of people that get themselves in that cycle of debt and they're like, how the fuck did I, how did I get myself in this? Cause I was like, I, um, when I was in the military, we had this thing called the star card and it was this, it was like a credit card for a fees, um, that, uh, just had, a, if I remember correctly, a crazy interest rate. And one of the first things I did was max that motherfucker out. Um, and that was a debt that I was paying on every month for like, Oh, it had to be six or seven years, but it started off as like a $2,000 debt. Um, but over this period of time, I'd probably spent $16,000 on it, just paying it off, getting back in debt, paying it off, using it, paying it off, using it. Um, just in this silly, stupid cycle. Um, but we don't realize like we're getting there. We're not, we've gotten away from using cash. We've gotten away from using checks where we are. Um, they give us the tools to keep account of what we've got there, but not many of us are using our cards and then checking our balances. Yeah. We're just blindly using this because I just want, I want this. I'm going to put my, my, my thing in this and I'm going to own this and I'm going to pay on it. I I always think about how back in the day the casinos realized that if people came in and gave them cash for chips, they would uh, 
they would spend more, they'd gamble more, they'd play more than if people went to the table with cash. Um, so you got them using something that didn't feel like real money, and now here we are, all, we all are, with our uh, with our plastic. It's it's a it's a it's a circle. It's a it's it's a, the same people that, that figured that out in the casinos are the same folks that figured that. And bless their hearts, because I'm seeing less and less clocks. I'm seeing less and less actual watches. Um, I, I mean, I see a, I see smart watches that. Uh, keep track of everything you do and everywhere you go and all of that good stuff. But I, I don't see a lot of like actual ticking and talking um, because uh, I don't know. It's almost like we, we want to be reliant on something else. Cause if that battery dies in your watch and you got to replace it, now you got to find someone to do it for you. Um, yeah. Because we don't know how to do, I had a G shock watch battery died. They didn't know how to, yeah, I had to find someone to fix it. Yeah. Because I didn't know how, but this is where we're at. Yeah, it's all, it's it's all about it's all about creating good good little consumers, you know. Because it's what keeps it what you know keeps our economy going. It's you know it's what uh, it's what America really is based on. Um, the idea that you know for a little bit of labor you can trade that to you know get something you want yeah. or something you need, and and you can pay for it in installments. Yes, yes. you don't even have to do the work now. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to actually save, and we're all fucking guilty of it. Like, I made payments on my car, and I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, we're all guilty of it, but, like, we jump into this, it's like being in shitty relationships, like, knowing, knowing that we're attracted to, like, this, the, the, the crazy chick, um, because they always have great taste in music, um, we have this, we, we always fall into that, because we know what we like, um, and, we like not having to save. Uh, we like we like putting it on an installment plan. Yeah, and not thinking about it. And really, we should be kinder to our future selves. You know, do future you a favor <laughs> because you're going to be that guy. So, um, you know, but you're going to be that guy either with all these payments or that guy with no payments, but maybe still driving the older car. And that decision. That guy's, his future relies on you, you know? Um, so, yeah, do, you know, we, I think we need to be kinder to our future selves and instead of, you know, selling out our future time, you know, now. But that's, but that's everything, though. That's, uh, that's our diet. That's, um, you know, like exercise. That's like all these, these things that, like, we know we're supposed to be doing that, I don't know, like, we, we do, like, halfway, all of us. We do it, like, halfway. We're like, oh, I got on a treadmill for 30 minutes, or I, I walked for 30 minutes on my lunch. That that totally balances off that I'm, I'm fucking eating a, a, a donut burger. Oh, yeah. No, right out of the gym, right to a mocha brevo, or, or a mocha breve. I like your style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, something good. Good thousand-calorie meal after... Oh yeah, like like I talk all this shit, but like last night after everyone went to sleep, I had like a pint of ice cream and a bag of topper. That's how la- lazy I was. I made ghetto chips. Like I didn't even cook them. Like I just broke them up in a bag and ate them with with uh, salt. So it's like we know this about ourselves, but it's like we just if you're in debt, get yourself a Dave Ramsey book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. But do you even, like, he gives away enough free content. Like, do you actually have to, um, or can you just, like, if you make it on air, they'll send you a book. <laughs> You've got that, yeah. Um, no, um, honestly, I, I've, I, I read his Total Money Makeover, 
And pretty much all the content he gives on the air really covers the book. I mean, you'd, you'd be fine not buying the book, but, but there was something, uh, you know, I think comforting and inspiring, um, you know, having the book, you know, I, I by no means follow the Dave Ramsey plan. I try to get as close as I can, but, um, well, it's, it's very similar to like, uh, like David Goggins book. Um, are you familiar with David Goggins? No, no, no. Okay. He's so he's a retired Navy SEAL. He was a guy that went through hell week three times. He kept getting injured. This last time he had like stress fractures in his legs. He had to duct tape his legs up uh, through his uh, his Navy SEAL training. So he was duct taping his broken legs uh, to get through this like running seven, 15, a thousand miles through the sand, however crazy it was on, on these jacked up legs. But he, he's got a book uh, and it, like at the very end, there are those sort of challenges and he gives away a lot of this stuff, like even on his Instagram, this um, tapping into uh, these things in your mind to get through whatever it is that you're going through, whatever hard stuff you're dealing with. Um, and, and he gives away a lot of that, but it, yeah, it's all about, a lot of it is just like the follow-up tools. Um, you can, you know, you can catch an audio book of, uh, I don't know, like an, of, uh, Napoleon Hill's like think and grow rich, but it, it probably helps to, to read it and make annotations. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was thinking as you were talking about that is, um, how often, like, I, I really enjoy like motivational videos. Um, or motivational speakers or, um, you know, just anything like that. Like, uh, I remember the minimalists did their Ted talk and I, I found it quite inspiring. And, uh, so I, I was going to do the minimalism thing and I got like half of my, half of my stuff cleaned up and mostly just stuff in bo- a couple things in boxes. But, you know, but like that, that was where I stopped. It's the follow through. Yeah. Like we as a society, you know, the follow through is just not there for a lot of us. Um, so then it's, you know, how are we, what are we going to do to, to get over that? It's just, um, like, I don't know if you follow Mark on like Instagram or anything like that, but it's all like you do the fucking work. Like he is, if you do like the follow through is a big part of it. And I think like, I look at like my mistakes in life yeah. and it's like a lot of it on my, was on my part and it was the follow through. It was like, I didn't take those next steps that, that I should have done if I wanted, uh, if I wanted to get to, um, you know, LMNOP, then I had to, I had to get to the rest of the letters, whatever they were. And, uh, I don't know that, that work to get there, uh, would, would scare me. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I think it's like that for a lot of people. Um, it's, we want the, we want the results without the work. Yeah. And so now it's, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing of like sticking to it. Like I find, uh, I find solace in going to the gym. Like if I do that on a regular basis, if I'm in there, you know, X amount of hours a week and I like when I'm done, I feel like I put in some work. At least I know that in one part of my life, I'm doing something positive for myself yeah. and there's a follow through on that part. Um, however, I know that I'm not doing myself any, any uh, benefits when I'm, when I'm drinking my gas station, uh, candy bar coffee with like four extra shots of Stoke and I'm eating a pint of ice cream at one o'clock in the morning, watching a Barry seal documentary. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I think, uh, you know, I think somewhere along the lines, we got to the point where we wanted to get the results without doing the work and someone sort of figured out, man, we can make a little money on this. You know, we can here get your credit card or 
here, well, you know, they're, they're capitalizing on your future work on other projects that you couldn't finish, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I see it. But then there are the, the guys that make a, a shitload of money telling us shit we should already know about ourselves. But God bless Ryan Holiday for every penny he has ever made speaking to a professional sports team. Because those guys are probably doing whatever it is they're supposed to be doing if they got to that place. So you're telling them things they should already know, but you're getting paid a boatload of money to do it. Um, and, uh, and you know, you get, you get to take a picture with the coach and the players. That's cool, too. So bless your heart, Ryan Holiday. You should talk to football players every every time you get um speaking of football players it was josh norman i believe is the feller's name played for the redskins jumped over a bull uh during uh i guess he was down for the running of the bulls yeah. and uh yeah uh, it was very cool there's a very american thing to do it seems like there'd be something in your contract that would say you can't do that yeah well you, okay so cowboy cerrone like going cave diving um probably shouldn't do that if he's got this other uh, this other career. However, part of the reason that he gets paid money by monster is because he does these things that put his life in, in danger for our entertainment. Um, so yeah, there should be something in there, but at the same time, like he's risking injury every time he plays his game. Um, so, you know, and if he wants to do a backflip over a bull, bless his heart. Um, I, I watched a matador get a, get a horn through his crotch on the front page of TMZ. Now you might be asking Bill, you're like 39 years old. Why are you watching? Why are you checking out TMZ every morning and every afternoon and every night before you go to bed? I say, because I got to keep up with the important stuff. So I want to do movie reviews. Yeah. I really do want to do movie reviews. So if you'd like to sit down and, and, and watch a movie, and if you, any of you listening would like to sit down and watch a movie, we can probably make this happen and do a, a, like a, a, a podcast movie review. Um, so think of a movie. We could probably throw an announcement out on Facebook or Instagram or something, see if people want to join us. We can go watch a movie and shit all over it, like a drunken house cat. Um. What is something you'd want to say? What was that? What is a film you'd like to say? Film I'd Anything like coming out you'd like, like to say? say. Yeah, you know, I, I, I actually, I am intrigued on Netflix is going to be The Dark Crystal 2. Yes. Yeah, so that, because if you've ever seen the first one, it, as beautiful of a movie as it is, it is probably the most horrible movie ever. Um, yeah, no, that's a little too harsh, but it is, it is a terribly thin plot-wise movie. Worst movie of all time. Yeah. No, no, what is... In, in, oh, in, oh, in my mind? Yeah. Worst movie of all time? Ooh. See, I always want to go to, like, the like the what I'm supposed to say, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, or like Ed Wood like movies, yeah. Yeah, but uh, honestly, like, yeah, I don't think you can call those the worst movies of all time just because of the following they have now. There obviously yeah. was something special about them. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Dennis the Menace. With Walter Matthau. That was the first movie I've ever walked out of. Steaming pile of shit. I was so disappointed. As a kid, I fucking loved Dennis the Menace cartoons. It was great. Uh, I mean, Calvin and Hobbes was better, but this was like an opportunity to see one of my childhood icons on... Uh, on the silver screen and it was the worst shit I've ever seen. It was fucking horrible. Um, so yeah, like... Walt, it's one of those end of his life Walter Matthau films, and it's like, dude, you lived your entire life to do this. 
if you'd, and he was an old dude, like he could have bought the farm any point after that. And that could have been his last movie. Yeah. Like, and it, and I think it was before grumpy old men. So like, you know, it, it could have been realistically his last film. Um, maybe if not for that film, he wouldn't have gone on to go and make grumpy old men, but I, I just don't know what to say. Probably. Yeah. Fucking he bought, he, he bought himself an 85 inch tube TV for $10,000. He had, he had to get a new pool. Um, he had to do this horrible film to pay for it. Absolutely. absolutely. I don't know if you've seen once upon a time in Hollywood, but apparently that's how it goes. Um, you make some shitty movies to pay off some debt that you, that you just get yourself right back in. Um, God bless America. It really is the way of the, that the way of the, uh, the American ninja. Um, which I don't know where that stands in the worst Ameri- or worst films of all time. American Ninja, yeah, with Michael Dudikoff. But but if you say American Ninja, do you throw in any of those sequels? Because like I, I mean, you could probably make an argument that. Um, Police Academy goes to Moscow, which, by the way, I did not see because it looks like a steaming pile of shit. I don't want to see Steve Gutenberg in, in Moscow. I don't care. Um, was one of the worst films of all time. But I, you could also argue that I believe it was Police Academy 3, the one which that had David Spade and like Tony Hawk, uh, was one of the greatest films of all time because it had David Spade and Tony Hawk, um, which... Plus David, David Spade. Spade. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I feel about <laughs> David Spade and all the dark shit that's going on in the world right now. Ian, yeah. <laughs> David Spade, like, that guy's my hero, right? Yeah. What? And you're tiny. Okay. You know, you're not really, not really the Hollywood-looking type. And yet, boom, there he is. Well, he made a baby with a Playboy Playmate. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. That guy, that guy not being in Hollywood, that's not going to happen. So his, his baby's mother is the woman that was found on the Howard Stern show that went on to be in Playboy. I don't, I don't remember that. Uh, see, I, I lived in Texas at the time, so I got to listen to Howard Stern, which was like five minutes of radio for 15 minutes of advertisement, which sucked. Um, you know, but it is what it is. You, you, you got to pay the price for good free radio, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, that's David Spade's baby's mother, and and he was in the Farley movies. He had to be the he had to be the skinny guy in uh, in the nineteen nineties Laurel and Hardy, which you know it's a big shadow to be in there. <laughs> uh, let me think. Let me think if I got anything else here, <laughs> because I have I have no comeback for <laughs> Chris Farley reference. Um. All right, so uh, favorite dead comedian. Favorite dead comedian? Ooh, probably Bill Hicks. Yeah. Yeah, that's Carlin, maybe. But um, Carlin definitely gets credit for the greatest. Um, Hicks, though, Hicks had the best material stolen from him and reused uh, by other comedians to lesser effect. Um, and I don't, I don't want to say Dennis Leary specifically, but, but apparently the name comes, to the mind. name comes, <laughs> to, comes to, mind. to mind. Now there's, there's a story, a story that, that um, uh, 
during the the roast of Dennis Leary, apparently, and I'm probably butchering this story, but someone tossed a Dennis Leary a pack of cigarettes and said, "That's from Bill Hicks." Oh. Uh, so, so did did I miss a did I miss a meeting? Did I miss a meeting on the so and so? Yeah. So fucking Bill Hicks is definitely. Bill Hicks is just a forgotten genius. He's sort of like, I don't know, the, the Alan Watts of uh, comedy. Like, he just, there's the, there are like 15 different layers to what he just said, and now you've got to peel back the onion and, and address them inside of yourself. Well, I, I think Bill Hicks was the first comedian I saw that really uh, just captured the truth. Like, his, his jokes weren't so much jokes as they were, like, reality but presented in such a way that you look at the absurdity of it and, you know, everyone's laughing, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. it wasn't the comedian that's like, you know, so me and my girlfriend the other day, you know, it, it was, it, he would just point out things that really were happening in the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you go, oh my gosh, yeah, we are doing that. <laughs> um, so Hicks, had, do you remember the Hicks, um, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus joke, right? Like the, the hunting the redneck. Um, he, he, Bill Hicks had a story, had a joke about like, he sold a, a TV show, uh, and it was like hunting a celebrity. Oh, yeah. 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 And it was Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, I, I, I like to, I like to discuss Lil Nas X and the old town road remix with Billy Ray Cyrus, because, um, I, I appreciate a couple of things. First off, Billboard kind of revealed themselves who they were when they took that song out of the out of the the top. You know, I think it was like the number one song in country, and then Billboard said it doesn't it doesn't fit our criteria for country. Which, by the way, they've been playing fucking Taylor Swift and Lady Annabellum and fucking Luke Bryan. Kane Brown bullshit for like 20 years and now they want to complain about this kid's uh, booty wrangler Gucci cowboy hat. Um, meanwhile, these douchebags have been butchering country music since the fucking beginning of time. Um, so he gets a remix with Billy Ray Cyrus, the guy that murdered country in 1992 and three with his achy breaky heart and, and does it and just fucking owns it. So it's like, it's like the cycle of destroying country music happens again. And, and I'm okay with that. It's, it's kind of like, it's like the burning of the system. Um, I'm, I'm, I know I don't want to say that I, I'm like, I'm full on anarchist. Like I want to see the system burn down, but, but bureaucracies that shouldn't exist, something that you, you know, like a, a way to tell time shouldn't exist in a bureaucracy. Like there shouldn't be like you're overdoing the rules. Um, when the rules don't, when, when you've never paid attention to the rules, you've decided that the rules matter now. Um, but what, you know, the, you didn't care when you were breaking the rules. When the rules being broken was benefiting you, um, you, you didn't. You were unable to get behind it. Now that someone else, who who owns the rights to their music, uh, is the number, and he's like twenty, like he's a twenty-year-old kid who owns his music, um, and he's the you know the number one artist in the country, and he's not owned by the God bless America. And in, and it started off as a song on TikTok, which I just learned about. Um, you know, and what a beautiful time it is, I think, to be an artist, because no longer are you uh, are you confined by whatever distribution network you have to use to yeah. get your art to the world. You know, now you just hop on your computer, 
and you do it yourself. Yeah, you can upload your own music to, to SoundCloud. You can upload your, you know, you can put your own music on iTunes. Like I've got buddies who, you know, are releasing their records on, on iTunes and Spotify and, and Amazon. And you can do it all yourself. You don't need some corporate structure above you to do it. Like even like the podcast, we're just fucking doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can do it yourself. There's no corporate overlord and you are responsible for the product that you put out in the end. I want to, I want this to sound as, as cool as possible. I want this to be a, as good a sounding podcast as possible. And that responsibility falls on me now as the artist, the responsibility falls on you. Um, you market your record, you know what your audience looks like and you can direct your music to them. Um, and if people like the music, they will pay to see you live. And if they pay to see you live, they'll buy your merchandise. Um, that's where you see local guys like Micah Day, who's doing his fucking thing. Um, but he's he knows he's responsible for it all. Um, he's responsible for his marketing. He's responsible for his stickers, his T-shirts, his this, his that. Um, and if the artist is taking ownership of that, um, then fucking hey, you don't have to you don't have to be a part of the machine if you don't want to be a part of the machine. Uh, and I could have been completely wrong about Lil Nas X. He's probably owned by Elektra right now. Uh, and they own the rights to his music till he's 107 years old. And that's why we see him at the Amazon prime, um, concert with Katy Perry, who by, by the freaking way, um, if Katy Perry was a dude, she would be ostracized from society now um, for being accused uh, twice in the same week of sexual assault. So, uh, but instead she's at like the Prime Day celebration. Yeah. Yeah. No double standard. No double standard. No double standard. No double standard. Not feeding into any conspiracy theories about uh, Jeff Bezos being one of the dark overlords. Um of the uh, of the uh, technocracy uh, when he is uh, on board with a woman who just lost a crazy lawsuit. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Katy Perry lawsuit. No. This is why I stay on TMZ. All right, this is this is the benefit of this. Right. So my wife, if you're home listening to this, um, this is why I'm on there. It's seven o'clock in the morning. Um, so she lost a lawsuit um, against uh, some some Christian rappers because uh, her song with um, uh, Juicy J of the Three Six Mafia, uh, I think it's like Dark Horses or something, yeah. Yeah, where she's singing about like uh, interdimensional love and all kinds of like really, really dark shit. Um, they stole uh, the music in that from a, a Christian song and now she owes some ridiculous sum of money to one of the artists is Lecrae and, and I'm not sure who the other feller is. Um, but she lost a crazy lawsuit, uh, um, about like, uh, not being a, a, an original artist. She, I guess she whipped out the junk of the dude from the teenage dream video who, by the way, looks old as shit. Now he's got like a full head of gray hair. Um, and, uh, and apparently she tried to make out with a, um, a Russian TV presenter. So it's been a it's been an interesting month or so for Katy Perry, and it's weird that Jeff Bezos, one of the richest men in the history of ever, is celebrating her uh, and the guy that helped kill country music again. Um, which again, I'm okay with. Um, so I'm the dark lords uh, of the technocracy are not necessarily my enemies. Well, you know, is it uh, 
Is it one of those things of it's there because that's what people want to see or do people want to see it because it's there? It's, I, I think it's, um, I think it's yes. Uh, yes. I, on, on one hand, we, we get a, a, a presentation of reality and it goes back to keeping up with the Joneses that, um, and it, now it's starting to be more attainable shit, right? That you can go into debt for, um, costs, uh, or, or productions get stepped up. Now it's, it's more accessible to get, um, you know, like an $800 purse or, uh, um, you know, again, go back to the $3,500 TV or whatever it is. We have more access to this shit. Um, so it, it, uh, and it's presented to us in, in a way that, um, it makes it seem affordable. Um, and we use these people to do it. But do you know, Katy Perry was a gospel singer, like a Christian, Christian singer, singer before. I, I, think I vaguely remember hearing something yeah, like that. Her name was Katie Hudson. Oh, that's a good wholesome name. Yeah. Yeah. It was also the name of an actress. So she couldn't, she couldn't do that, but she also couldn't be Katy Perry, the gospel singer whose first single was I kissed a girl. And I liked it. Not knocking, not knocking the song or the message. Not by any measure. I've, uh, I've spent too much time in front of a computer in my life to ever knock uh, a song or a, a story like I kissed a girl and I liked it. All about it. That being said, um, it's really weird that she goes, she went from gospel to, uh, to I kissed a girl to interdimensional love to straight ahead sexual assault. Um, and we don't, like, that's, if that was a dude, like, we would have, he'd have been gutted. Yeah, yeah be, there's your red flag. Yeah. yeah. Was right there. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I, I, on one end, is it because it's a girl or is it because it's Katy Perry? Like, you know, would a very famous, you know, gentleman maybe have a little bit more? Okay, so let's say, uh, who would be the male equivalent of Katy Perry? Ed Sheeran. Let's say Ed Sheeran, who's worth a billion dollars. Ed Sheeran uh, tries, like, he's he's whipping out girl junk at the club. Um, he's trying to to make out with uh, with TV presenters in Russia. He's he's off the rails. He's very clearly off the rails in his behavior. Um, he's lost a lawsuit uh, worth, you know, millions of dollars for a song that he stole. Like, he's clearly on a downward slide. Um, is he still invited to prime day to perform? <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, there's, there's very clearly a double standard and, and I think there's probably a lot to be said about the social engineering and, and things like MK ultra that, that probably aren't discussed enough that we have these people that are presented to us as idols, um, as, as, uh, and, and what are some of the first rules of, of faith? It's like don't, don't practicing idolatry. Like, and, and we have pop idols. We have rock idols. Yeah. We have these people that we call idols, and they're, they're called by the media uh, idols, and we put them in, in front. They're put in front of us. We don't necessarily put them in front of us. They are put in front of us by... Uh, by the Amazons, by the YouTubes, by, um, by the Zuckerberg, by the Facebooks, um, by all of these things in, in our phone. Um, and that's what they, they give us, you know, like that's, that's the stuff that they're giving us. And there's just like anything. And we talked, I talked about this, Charlie Pierce, anything they're giving to us, there's a price attached. 
there's, you know, like they're not, they're not giving you uh, Facebook so that you can interact with your family because they love you. Um, they interact with you because they're, they now have like 50,000 points of data that they can sell for $300 a piece. Uh, and we gave it all to them and they know where you are and what you're doing and what to sell you next. Yeah. You know, that's always an interesting one for me because there is the, I, I am bothered by like the lack of privacy and, and sort of, uh, you know, I, I hate that I'm marketed to, uh, in fact, I used to, uh, used to talk about, uh, what's referred to as the Google bubble, um, where, you know, they, uh, there's a joke where's the best place to hide a dead body page two of Google. You know, um, no one gets past those first 10 searches. Two of them are going to be ads. But the uh, I, I hate that, like, there was a time where when I, uh, you know, when I Googled something, or I even call it Googling it, when I searched something online, that it wasn't it wasn't trying to pick what I would like the best based on all of its, you know, its analytics and whatnot. But it was just like maybe the the top trending page or the most linked to page or whatever their algorithm was. But I like that. It seemed like, a, uh, I, I had more options. Yeah. You know, there was a better chance of me finding something new as opposed to just being kept in like my safe zone, yeah. Google safe zone for me. Unless you know exactly what you're looking for, they're going to sell you something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's where I run into a lot of problems. And I feel like uh, it's happening to us in, in a way that is, is both, very direct and very indirect. Like, can I give you an example? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I feel like such an asshole for saying this, uh, but, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, he, uh, recently had on, uh, Jeremy Corbell and Bob Lazar. Are you familiar with Bob Lazar? He was the Area 51 whistleblower. Okay. Okay. So Jeremy Corbell did a documentary on him. Now, Jeremy Corbell also did a documentary, a documentary called, um, uh, well, about the Skinwalker Ranch. Are you familiar with Skinwalker Ranch? Uh, that's where they had all the cattle mutilations and uh, yeah, yeah. So he did this documentary about the Skinwalker skin, uh, Ranch, um, and I bought it. Yeah. And it was fucking garbage. It was it was the worst fifteen dollars that I've ever. I've spent fifteen dollars on some shitty movies, dude. Like, and I've I've watched Buckaroo Bonsai, and that's a time investment. And I've watched some again. I I, I love shitty movies. You ever see uh, Six String Samurai? Do yourself a favor. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, but do not, do not watch uh, Search for Skinwalker Ranch, The Hunt for the Skinwalker, whatever the fuck it is on Amazon Prime. Don't waste your time. Um, well, now you know. But Jeremy Corbell goes on to the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, and they talk about his documentary with Bob Lazar. Joe Rogan has the most listened to podcast uh, in the world. Like, by by just about any metric other than like maybe those serial things. Like he's the, the regularly, he's the top guy. Um, but he, but he had Jeremy Corbell, not Jeremy Corbett. Are you familiar with Jeremy Corbett? Okay. So again, do yourself a favor, check out YouTube, check out the Corbett report. He does a lot of like truth to power documentaries. He's been on podcasts with, uh, guys who've been on the Joe Rogan podcast, like Sam Tripoli and, and, um, Pat Militich and uh, Eddie Bravo. He's been on podcasts with them. He does a lot of truth to power stuff. Um, 
But I like I think that guys like Joe Rogan get used to bringing guys like Jeremy Corbell because if you're if you start down that rabbit hole of looking for truth, uh, Jeremy Corbell, who's been making shitty documentaries for about five years now, versus a guy like Jeremy Corbett, who's been doing documentaries for you know, about ten years now that are, are really good and they're free on YouTube. So if you're listening to this, or go to CorbettReport.com, that shit's there too. Um, but um, it, it's almost like intentional misinformation. Um, like we're intentionally going to put this guy, Bob Lazar, in front of you, who may or may not be disinformation on his own uh, merits, but we're going to put him in there. We're going to put him on the Joe Rogan show um, because and we're oh, and we're going to do it with this guy whose name is close to this other guy that's been doing uh, the same thing better for longer, uh, but doesn't do alien stuff because it's almost like they want to sell you the aliens. There's a whole fucking uh, other industry in selling you alien shit. You can go to the Moose's Loose and get an alien cookie. Yeah, I'm sure it's delicious. I'm sure it's wonderful. Um, but but aliens are their own gigantic market. There's not a market in uh, talking about the the banking system and how it's created to 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 rob you. Um, but but there's a lot of money to be made uh, to be made in aliens, and that's that's a whole other conversation. Uh, aliens, and we can we can do that one. That can be a fun conversation. Um, but. I think that Joe Rogan, in that case, it's very easy to feel like he was used or that maybe that sort of thing is intentional because I'm, I'm fairly certain Joe Rogan ho- knows who this Jeremy Corbett fellow is, without question. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting, and that's, that's what I always wonder. Like I said earlier, it's, you know, are they putting this on because this is what we want to watch or is because it's on we want to watch it? Um, you know, who's really leading the direction here. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm also a bit of a kind of a Occam's razor guy, you know, the most likely scenario is usually what I go with. And oftentimes it's like, yeah, probably coincidence, probably just, uh, you know, maybe slow day for guests. Maybe you got a friend that's like, Hey, you gotta do my buddy a favor. Who knows why? But, uh, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really, uh, Joe, you know, they got to Joe. I, I don't know. Um, I've never seen anyone stop talking about conspiracies. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've never seen anyone like, um, but it's like, like Eddie Bravo said, I like, I've never seen anyone go back to, uh, go back to like round earth after staying on flat earth. Yeah. Um, like once you start thinking about flat earth, like there's no going back. Um, which is why I don't spend too much time thinking about flat earth. There's a comfort conspiracy. Yeah. You know, um, that there's a lot of effort that, that goes into, um, keeping something a secret, but a lot of times that that's the truth, um, that there is a, a lot of work that goes into keeping things secret. So like, so again, I, you know, conspiracies, I fucking love conspiracies. I was watching a, a Barry seal documentary. Are you familiar with Barry seal? Yeah. Barry seal is a guy that flew a lot of drugs into Mena, Arkansas, uh, in the eighties. Now, when he died, he had George Bush's phone number in his pocket. Uh, by the way, he was shot the fuck up. Um, he was also a guy that that flew guns into Cuba while he was in high school uh, as like with part of the Civil Air Patrol. Um, but this guy had uh, apparently had connections to like the Kennedy assassination and, and his association. Like he was in Civil Air Patrol with like Lee Harvey Oswald. 
Yeah. So like this guy has like lots of, lots of connections. So a lot of times, uh, there, those, those do exist. Like those, um, those, those moose tracks that they, they lead back to something. Sometimes there is coincidence, but sometimes there's a great big conspiracy. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I find it difficult on a lot of stuff with, you know, like with our government, like the one thing they can get right is covering something up. Um, so I don't think there's really grandiose entire agencies of the government, um, you know, covering up large, uh, large, large issues. Um, but, uh, but I think there, you'll run into a thing where there's probably a few key people that are keeping. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always, I don't know. There's always someone that's, that's doing the dirt at that higher level of the bureaucracy to keep it moving. I mean, like you need every, every country has their Oliver North, right. And, and depending on whether or not they get caught, they're either patriots or they're scoundrels. Um, and depending on what they're doing as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of times it is just these, let me ask you a question. Do you think Epstein was murdered? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, it, to me, this is one of those situations where that almost seems more logical. <laughs> the, the, the government's, the government's argument, argument for it happening, like guards fell asleep and he killed himself mm-hmm. is gross incompetence. Yeah. But that also makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, like if you're telling me that the the argument was the argument for him committing suicide is is federal incompetence is is uh, on a bureaucratic level uh, and on a and on the boots level. Guys were overworked, not getting enough sleep, and they were doing one up, one down, and uh, the, the the shitty broken cameras weren't recording. That I can almost believe. I can I can almost get into like he he killed himself, but. Um, the whole argument is based on incompetence. I'm like that. Fuck. That's a whole other thing we got to deal with. Um, yeah. All right. Obviously more funding. Yes. They're going to need more money. Um, and, and the union is going to need more money and they're going to need more money to pay for everything. Like when was the last time there was a suicide at that place? I think it'd been a while. Um, and then, why, if someone just got off suicide watch, would you put him in a bed with a bunk? Like, why wouldn't you just like put him on the, give him a fucking mattress? Like yeah. you're, you're there should, maybe there's, uh, there probably, maybe there is protocol in, protocol in place where they go through like little, little stages. But I think, I mean, technically suicide watch is where they're watching you. Um, and supposedly, I guess if someone's off of it, well. Don't worry about it. But it seems like on suicide watch, that high of a profile. You want to cover your bases. Let's keep an eye on this one. So, um, so I was like, when I was in the air force, uh, I was, I was a cop. And one of the things that I did was, um, uh, like I, I worked our, our little jail and yeah, we had 24 hour eyes on the inmate. We had a camera on them at all time. Every, everywhere they went, we had a count of their medication. Um, your only job was to watch them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I can imagine a world where there is uh, that much incompetence, but like, I, I can't like, like in this case, it seems like uh, I understood that if, if I had a guy that like was in there because he popped hot on a piss test, like that dude was treated like he, you know, did something really, really bad. Um, so I can't imagine a guy who's at that level, who's got that many connections to everything, um, is just like, that's allowed to happen. Yeah. 
Like, that's a lot of gross incompetence. That's like everybody got fucking paid off. But I, I caught something that, like, 20 guards are, uh, like, now being investigated. Um, so we'll see. Like, if any of—we'll see how many of these dudes end up in freezers um, or just, you know, go missing or have had, had enough of it. They're just—they can't stand the debt that they got themselves in. If you stay out of debt, the, you can't get suicided. Yeah. That's where we're going. Life lessons, stay out of debt. Um, I do actually kind of want to go into, I know you got shit to do. I, I got shit to do. I got to, you know, but I would like to, I'd like to do this again. This is fun. All right. All right. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Later. Later. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning, marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators License 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.